Welcome back to a new episode of Live Evil Pod. My name is Prime, LOL. It is March 6th on a Monday that we're recording this. Welcome back, all. This has been quite the eventful week and weekend, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, Evil Geniuses, you are in the spotlight for both good reasons, which I'll talk about first, and then a lot of uh, bad reasons. I mean, there's no other way to say around this. We'll talk first about some of the happenings uh, throughout the week of games and then we're going to dive into more information that you know we already just started discussing last in the last episode with mage so how are you all folks doing i hope that you are doing well you know evil geniuses live evil pod you know i have to reiterate that this is a pod made too because i'm a fan of the players and i thought you know from the forefront that the organizations were helpful in building a team together. But for me, at the end of the day, you know, it is the players that really make it exciting, make it uh, happen, right? Evil Genius has been a while. I've gotten into this because of the excitement of the players that brought into it. And hoping that, you know, this is a reflection of you know, the organization in itself. Now, I'm not going to throw the whole organization under the table. Lightly, this, I mean, needless to say, this is a decision-making by some of the handful of people. And also, you, as you can tell, uh, or as I can tell from just understanding the situation, there were some good people too um, during the whole event and that has within the Evil Geniuses staff. Um, but uh, we'll get there soon enough. So... 2-0 weekend. Uh, you know, after last week, it was looking pretty, pretty grim for us after losing to Dignitas. And then, you know, you know, getting run by Golden Guardians, fine. But losing to Dignitas didn't look great, which coming into this week, I was already kind of wary, kind of like, ooh, uh, what are we going to get? Which version are we going to get? Things haven't seemed to improve. But we came out 2-0, and not, not just any 2-0 weekend. We beat the number one team, FlyQuest, whom many thought, you know, it was a fluky loss against TSM. So after that, they, they should really have an easier time, which, you know, to a certain degree, I still believe that they'll have an easier time finishing off this season. Uh, they, it's still their spot to lose and the number one seed of the LCS. But we beat them at a very interesting game. And it just shows the potential of our players and the potential of the game plan that we can put together to beat even the best team in the LCS. So let's start with Thursday games, you know, coming in. We're reeling. We're 
coming in with a lot of question marks and we are going to face TSM who's been shown to be scrappy. This is a team not to be underestimated. And so the game started and if I'm not mistaken, TSM and EG, you know, kind of played more or less evenly, but you know, we got the lead at some point and and it was really on the play of inspired and Jojo Pyun that mid jungle duel is just amazing in this game and made life hard for Boogie, made hard for Maple. Uh, people said that while Turtle, uh, you know, you know, being brought in, it was kind of funky too because they brought him in for this week. Uh, they didn't lose lane. Um, I would guess that means means to play that FBI and Vulcan didn't exactly create a big uh, advantage in the early game. So the game just chugged along. You know, we had to play through top. We had to play through mid. And Jojo was excellent on the Akali. Um, Maple tried to answer us with his Galio. Um, and let me let me just quickly run down the 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 team uh, that was taken. TSM took Nar, Vi, Galio, Zeri, Lulu, and Evil Geniuses took Renekton, Sejuani, Akali, Aphelios, and Thresh. Um, the bands for TSM were Jack, Silas, Elise, Varys, Caitlyn, and EG bands were Talia, Ash, Annie, Cerulean Soul, and Ari. A huge mid uh, focus on our side, and we're knowing that Maple is probably the key. If TSM were to be successful, it would be through Maple. That makes complete sense to me. Uh, I will just have to say, our boys just look uh, great. And then the mid game hit. We slowed down again. We kind of uh, tripped ourselves up. And then, you know, we gave up dragons. <laughs> Um, you know, and the game got really, really tense, even though the goal difference uh, was huge before the mid game. TSM made a huge comeback uh, in, at many points and they were closing in on the gap, uh, the gold gap, and they had a chance to win. They had a chance, but our team fight towards the end was what helped us pull through. We end up with a 15 kills to the TSM 10 kills. Our last gold is 79k versus 76ks. So you can tell this game, it just didn't look like the final result, but yet it, it kind of does. It, so it's it's pretty weird. In a sense, this didn't give me confidence at the very least, right? Going in, playing, seeing them, EG still having that issue with the mid game. At least we can say it's not JoJo's fault. He went deathless in this game. 9-0-2 is a scoreline. Completely uh, lane kingdom against Maple. Um, all the other lanes seems to be fairly close in, in terms of gold diff. Only mid was the major, major uh, gap there that we can see. So we're rolling into now against the best team of the LCS. This is a game that we... Could have had it last time, but we also understandable that we didn't. It's that transition to the mid game that's still causing issues. But let's start with with kind of the roster that's been put together. FlyQuest red side, Evil Geniuses on blue side. FlyQuest had the Cassante pick, Sejuani pick, Talia, Aphelios, and Lulu. And people are already saying, "Oh man, Prince is on his comfort pick, Aphelios." And Talia is strong, um, you know, has a lot of utility, has a lot of capabilities of doing damage in a mid game. Of course, you still have a Cassante and 
So Giovanni kind of combo that that really rolls out well as a meta type of uh, lineup that you have there. They banned out Jace, Lee Sin, Annie, Ash, Caitlyn. So very much banning out FBI, taking out the Jace from uh, Jojo Pion. I don't know why. Nobody really likes any Jace anyways. But perhaps they, they were respected it enough uh, when they watched Jojo play. So our side, someday picked the Garen. To answer the Kasanti. The Garen. Garen, who has never been meta, is most basic champ, but you know what? He saw something from the challenger side. We'll talk about that in a bit. Okay, we got Garen. Then Inspired is on the Gregus. Jojo put, played the Azir. FBI and Varus. Vulcan back on the Thresh. We banned out Gwen, Silas, Lucian, Vi, and Zeri. Uh, so pretty much, again, giving the respect to the top lane. We take out Im- some of uh, Impact's potential carry. We took out the Silas, of course. You never want to give Vikla the Silas for free. And, you know, the other ones are pretty standard type of bands. This game, we had the lead, and we never gave back the lead. This was a very good game. Uh, a game that I can say was clean. I'm not saying perfect, but clean. There was a huge back and forth going on between Vikla and Jojo that was fun to watch. And then, you know, the jungle, you know, was highly contested. I think Inspired came out. And the bot lane is where it was at. Vulcan and FBI played so well together. FBI went deathless. Uh, He didn't need to hard carry, but he did enough to get ahead in the lane did enough to not lose to Prince and Ayla. We're talking about Prince here, the incumbent and likely uh, spring split MVP that everyone's voting for on his comfort champ. We didn't lose lane. I think uh, the the teams communicated really well. I, I feel like we just threw away last week just to prepare for this game alone. Not even the TS game, not even saying the whole week, but for this game and specifically. And it was a team effort through and through. The fun thing to watch was this Garen. He this this build phase rush Garen building zeal item second and going with the rapid fire cat. I mean, you know where this is from? This is from the challenger league from some player named Moose Hater. Okay, I, I that sounds disrespectful when I say some player, a challenger player named Moose Hater who was well known for his Garen. It was him running the 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 challenger scene and people actually had to ban out Garen. Have you ever heard of people spending a ban on Garen in the LCS? That would be bananas. I mean, I saw it in LCEC when Garen Yumi was broken, but in this sense, nobody saw that coming. I think we pulled out a wild card, a, a pick that goes well into the Cassante. And, you know, having that rapid fire cannon means you can have your Q hit much further than having to go right into the champion's face. It You can do so much with that, right? And, uh, he had the stride breaker, you know, the dash forward. And then uh, it, it was just crazy. And someday went 6-0-4. Jojo Pion went 5-3-9. FBI 5-0-5. Uh, I, I would have given the MVP to someday for this week. Player of the week, right? But um, it is an EG player that got player of the week. Let me just break down this game fairly quickly. We were dominating. We were having those picks early 
and we didn't even give up a lot back in return. Each time we won those trades, we won those team fights. And this is the evil geniuses that you want to see. This is the team that uh, all our people um, at Discord on the Reddit were looking at and it's like, wow, we we are really good when we can come together. And maybe that was a wake-up call. Again, I would like to point out that maybe they just decide to prepare for this game and forget about all the other games and end up having a, a 0-2 week before. But wow, we beat FlyQuest, guys. We beat the top team. We are in the conversation. Nevertheless, we are still number three in the standing. Uh, you know, some of this, the the unnecessary losses against Liquid and, I mean, uh, Counter Logic Gaming and Dignitas. Am I saying that since we beat the number one team that we're going to go undefeated? I think the chance is high that we can finish the rest of the split without losing a game, but I don't want to expect it because there are still some pretty good teams that can take us down. C9 being one of them. Um, you know, I'm not overlooking, uh, you know, maybe... Who do we have to still play? I think we still have to play 100 Thieves. And they are looking pretty bad right now. Um, they just announced the departure of Kass, their head coach, and uh, promoted Nuke Duck to be the interim head coach. So they might have things to sort out. But, you know, we are probably our biggest challenge right now looking forward is C9. And um, that is a team that... We looked good against last time. I'm not expecting a repeat just like that. We have to face CLG again, who really came back against us after we took the early lead. So, you know, next week can potentially be an 0-2 week. I'm not predicting it. I really think we, we can go 1-1 realistically. 2-0 is a very high possibility as well. Uh, I just think that Cloud9 has uh, pulled themselves back together. This is almost like a flip-flop, right? You know, last time we faced C9, they were on a high. We were just making ourselves climbing, hoping to, to uh, you know, put ourselves in the top three conversations. And so this time around, everyone will think Evil Geniuses are great and C9 is just uh, heating up again. And so it will be a great fight. I think uh, Inspired has played better than Blabber this year. I'll stand by that. Uh, Blabber's plenty good. But I think Inspired played better. Fudge someday will be a great matchup to watch. And this time we get to face MNS, right? I mean, last time we had Diplex. Perhaps they're blaming the loss on Diplex. But we have MNS, who is known as a really, really good mid throughout the Challenger and has proven himself to belong in the LCS. He's crazy. He he is like a wild horse, much in the mold of Vicola, much in the mold of Jojo Pion. So that it will be a fun, fun game to watch. And then of course the bot lane is the combo of FBI and Vulcan against um, Berserker and Zven. I think this this is a very uh, heavyweight kind of matchup. I think this should be the game of the week. Um, and Friday, we will be playing against Counter Logic Gaming. Again, we cannot ever count ourselves to be better than them because Counter Logic has that ability to upset any of the top teams. I think they, they are a very good team this year, more so than my expectation. I thought they would have a major backslide, but this team has the confidence, has the moxie. We just want to beat them and take our revenge. All right. So again, I pointed it out last week when Reddit, when we go in 0-2, you get a lot more opinions. And when you go 2-0, you get a couple of, you know, 
responses. Thank you, Joe the underscore spaz. Thank you, MRV5511. Justice Cactus, uh, Sir Ted Moob, all of these from the Reddit server kind of just um, allowing us to celebrate this 2-0 week. Uh, as I forgot to mention, player of the week is Jojo Pyun. Congratulations to Elaine, who constantly predict Jojo Pyun to be player of the week and never fearing, feeling that she would ever get that uh, call right. And bam, this is the week. This was the week that, you know, Jojo just absolutely smashed the uh, smash the week. And I cannot be any less happy about Jojo Pyun earning player of the week great gameplay and i'm just hoping that this is not his one and only for the spring and perhaps getting multiple in the summer the season is short folks it is almost time for a new super week too if i'm not mistaken as the uh as the week are standing out we are heading into week seven and then the following week will be super week again and that will end at the spring season so spring is coming to an end very soon We'll pan over a little bit to talk about our challenger team because, you know, I haven't had my co-host in a while. Um, she is on break and hopefully getting a good enough RNR. But our NACL uh, team is standing at a 3-4-7 record. We haven't had too many successes of going like a win, uh, a, a, an undefeated weekend, either splitting or going 0-2. It's pretty, pretty kind of... Um, brutal for us but the team itself is exciting when they win it looks really good on the backs of Shiden, on the backs of ryoma we're still waiting for king to come and i don't know if he's gonna be able to make it uh, for the spring but summer for sure we're hoping that he can uh, be seen because i think this team has a lot more potential than their records indicate and i'm speaking with full bias and uh you know it it's 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 because of the games that I did get to see and I when they win I see a huge immense high ceiling especially with the top mid and uh, jungle role has such a high ceiling and smoothie's been playing very well overall he has um he's the most like experience of the team and you know. From time to time, you'll see some flashes of brilliance from him. But the team is just not quite there. I do I, I do have to say it's probably because we're not playing with our main roster. Um, and we could definitely do better. We are able to, you know, stand toe-to-toe sometimes with the top teams, like 100 Thieves Challengers, who's number three right now. We stand toe-to-toe with Golden Guardians uh, or FlyQuest, seventh place right now. So I will say it, it's going to be quite um, quite the climb for us to get out of the bottom uh, because the gap is pretty big. The gap is like uh, between three and six wins. So we got to string together a couple of good series. Um, is it possible? Perhaps. Um, but... I, I think our summer team will look so much better uh, once the boys have more time to come together. 
So uh, it's the moment you've all probably been waiting for. I will post this article on the show note as well if you haven't got a chance to read it, but I'm pretty sure by now most people had a chance to read it. Everyone has given sort of their uh, opinions on this. This is written by friend of the pod, Arsh, Arsh Coyle, uh, posted on medium.com. He, uh, of course, was not the first one to talk about the happenings in Evil Geniuses and what has happened to Danny, how the, the poor treatment, the ignorance of his mental well-being, and the absolute, absolute uh, lack of folk care and ethic, uh, unethical treatment of Danny. So after reading his article, of course, a lot of the information didn't change um, from what have we already heard from other articles that were released out there. However, I do appreciate the way that he presented it in his article was more descriptive, was more um, time, uh, like chronological, gave a bit of a better context. He had to tap into so many resources to pull, uh, to, to pull together a story like this. And one of the comments I made, of course, on Reddit was that I thought this was a more uh, closer to objectivity. I wouldn't say it was fully objective. Um, no, no article, nobody has ever written something that's super objective, right? But it, it, it outlined it in a, a more um, factual type of manner. And I've commented that uh, the other article had more sensationalism, had more pointed attack against uh, certain individuals uh, almost calling for their head. I'm not saying that this article didn't uh, do that. I mean, there were certain points to that, but the tone of the other article is one that calls calls out the individual as being malicious, being evil, being very uh, almost like they they were intentional in in trying to destroy a player's uh, mental well-being whereas Arsh's article showed more of side of uh, a corporate pressure corporate greed there's part of it but mainly the lack of competency the lack of mental health awareness among the staff members which really bring out a good conversation that follows from this article to point out like, hey, we need to really look at the organization structure, the people that they hire, who are they? Are they qualified people? I think there was a uh, a Twitter, fellow Twitter, let me go find it out, find out who that is, uh, who, who really outlined who are qualified mental health specialists. And, and this is the, the big thing about um, what I do think that needs to bring forth the changes in the esports world. They've already, numerous people have already said, you know, this is not a isolated incidence of evil geniuses, but this is pretty bad. I'm, I'm not taking away or trying to minimize that. If that's how it sounds like, I'm sorry, that's not what I am intending. Uh, but what I do want to point out is that there is, from the top, from from the business side, from the upper management trying to throw in these performance specialists, trying to throw in these uh, holistic uh, medicine and pointing to them as the authority and the competence for mental health 
is egregious. It's, I, I think I tweeted out, it's like calling school advisors school counselors. No, there are two different separate entities, separate expertise. They have their role. They have their place to help with performance, to help them in the game and, and thriving in competitive environment, learning how to, you know, connect with teammates or staff in, in in-house, the gaming house, uh, you know, what kind of pressure there might be. Yes, performance, psychologists, all of those really fit that role. But to say that they are capable and competent in treating someone with a, a, a lifelong type of mental uh, mental challenge, I wouldn't even call it illness, that's putting them in a very bad position because signs will be missed, the approach will be missed, and then you know that didn't even translate to helping all the other coaches or other staff members who don't have a mental health background to understand what a person might be going through. I'm speaking of this because I am a mental health uh, counselor, a specialist, I have an LMFT, and we are more focused on the overall wellness outside of performance space. It's it's really helpful, particularly when you're talking about someone who is on the spectrum. Uh, and, and, and that's another thing that I really didn't like that Danny's um, mental health had to be thrown out like there. But at the very least, putting the safety, putting the ability to, to create that um, the, the sensitivity and the responsiveness, you cannot put that on performance coaches' uh, shoulder, nor can you put it on people who are not even on site, have to take their word for it. Part of the article mentions that some of the things didn't translate well to upper management, the, the communication. That, that's another flaw in the whole organization system, right? The, the communication didn't flow well. Uh, but probably the most egregious thing is that certain personnel talk with him, try to make him push through. And uh, that is absolutely an unethical and abhorrent thing to do. My biggest hope out of all of this is that this call creates a change, a recognition, and a willingness to open up their wallets. I don't know the financials, in, uh, the situations of a lot of these orgs, but uh, the human aspect cannot be lost in all of this. I don't care if you are a successful business, that you run a model that's been shown to be successful in the past. The human aspect is lost in this instance. And I imagine in other organizations, that aspect is lost as well. So we have people coming in, players, casters, uh, large figures in the esports world to come out and call for a change. The whole point is not to just villainize and and throw tomatoes right into the proverbial tomatoes and calling for heads maybe that does need to happen in order for actual real changes to come along um but at the end of the day can they learn from this can they change and not just take the take this um situation put a disingenuous apology like many sports organizations do or keep silent, which, you know, at this point, we still haven't heard from Evil Geniuses organization in any capacity. I, I can't imagine that their ostrich, uh, you know, type of strategy will continue to work. Uh, but this goes across for any regions. I've 
uh, I mean, sports, I'm sorry. Esports, traditional sports, doesn't matter. I've been following the Dolphins long enough to know they have a mess in there for a long time, right? Kind of similar things. When these things come out, real changes need to be happen. At the end of the day, I stand with the players. I stand with Danny. I pray for a good uh, and happy life for him, whichever path they choose, uh, whatever path uh, that will lead him to being successful. That's what I'm hoping for. I am quite partly disappointed in Reddit, uh, Redditors responses, uh, making it about themselves. I feel like he shouldn't uh, stream uh, and talking about ASD as if they understand a person instead of just focusing on the mental health aspects of it. Do yourself a favor, folks. Autism is a spectrum disorder, and the word key word here is spectrum. Not everyone responds the same way. Not everyone has the same features. Not everyone presents in the same manner. Don't let the word pigeonhole you into thinking he is like this or she is like that. Learn about it. Educate yourself. Meet people, and and meet people in that community in the community with ASD. Learn the individual about the individual and not just see them for their mental health. So that is the end of my kind of soap opera. Until next time, folks. Um, hope you enjoy at least the beginning part. Our, our you know, uh, the the winningest week we have against one of the best team of the LCS. We are continue to chuck forward. I will be here with you until the end of something happens i don't know what will happen i just hope i don't ever go away but until next time folks live evil <laughs>